Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And welcome, welcome, dear listener, to another episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Brands, and joined this week by Matt Knight. I'm back, baby. You I'm are back. back indeed. Welcome back, Matt. How are you? How have the, how's the last fortnight been? Has it really been that long? It's been a fortnight. Have been you been gallivanting around, around Europe? I has have. That, has that been the thing? That, where have I been? Uh, I'm going to Belgium next week. I've been to Slovakia. Uh, Czech Republic, Lovely. Uh, Vienna, so Austria. Realise that Vienna is not a country; it's a city. Um, I've been across the UK, so yeah, it's been intense. How about that? Um, but it's all good. Checking out guitar th- shops, seeing fun things. Oh, of course, a couple of guitar shops I've not been to before. Oh, yeah, like what? Uh, Clang Farber. Clang Farber. Clang wow. Farber. I don't know what that means, um, but it's in Austria, in okay. Vienna, built into a building called the Gasometer, uh, which was the original like gas storage for Vienna. Right. Um, it's a really, really cool building. Massive store. Um, so that was really cool. It's going there. It's got like a really cool like boutique custom guitar room uh with some cool stuff in it so that was quite cool um where else did i go where else did i see uh qatari uh in czech republic they have their own guitar festival usually yeah Uh, but that's a really cool store two floors what i like about that is that you've got a second floor that is there's like a brass section and some offices but then there's also like a cafe area and I just always really like that. Like they've got a vending machine you can help yourself and a uh, coffee machine. And I just think more music stores should be a combination of like a coffee shop and a music store and I don't know. Makes it a bit more store. relaxed, doesn't it? Make, make, I imagine if, if there was like a coffee shop or like, you know, something like that worked into it as well, I'd feel a bit more comfortable uh, you know, just hanging out there. Sometimes you can feel a little, a little pressurized. Yeah, to do I, something um, when you're in a guitar shop. <laughs> I described an idea to Amy, and she was just like, "You've just described a shopping center." And I was like, "I have, but I was on a smaller scale." So let me explain. I some maybe this is more of a UK thing. I don't know. I haven't really witnessed. No, no, I did go somewhere in America, but like you know, like you get those big. They're like food courts, but every, it's like loads of small individual restaurants. So you go in, and it's one big food hall, and then on the outskirts, it's all restaurants. There's one in Brighton as well. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and I was like, we need something like that, which is like one big open hall, but then like one side's a guitar shop, and then there's a coffee shop, and then there's like you can go and buy records, and there's also a tattoo parlor, and then yeah, I don't know. I kind of like want to bring all of my favorite things together in one big hall well you should um <clears throat> because and i was like you know i got a tattoo the other day i was like tattoo i'll go and buy some records i'll go and look at some guitars you know maybe i want a coffee all of my favorite things combined you want matt knight the shop that's what you're matt knight for. the shop um mm. maybe that's what i should change my name to matt you know bit you know nice barbers get the yeah be rocking um but alas, I have no money to start such a business, Joe. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we should go to the bank with this idea. 
<laughs> laughing all the way to the bank. So, um, yes, yeah, so I've been around quite a lot, but I'm back. Did you see um, any remarkable guitars or rare pedals? Any... You know, the shops are obviously great, but did you see anything that, you know, yes, really did, lit actually. a fire under your bum? Guitar, guitar-wise, not so much. Unless you want to talk about like five string sparkly dingwall with fan frets, I was oh, like, for goodness sake. that's the kind of bass I would play. This is not the podcast, um, but that's sort of an instrument. But I did see a so in Qatari. So if you are based in uh, in or around uh, Prague and you want to buy this, um, they had a sixty-five Fender Bandmaster. Right. With matching six by twelve, I mean, it was just like, yeah, that thing's going to sound awesome. Um, six twelve, six twelve. Because I was like, oh, that can't be a six ten because it was too wide for a six ten. And I was just like, yeah, so it's like a sixty five. And they had a six. A ma- they also had a sixty four bandmaster with matching two twelve. So, how how much was the uh, the bandmaster uh, six twelve? It was about six thousand euros. No, I don't think it was that much at all. It was about three thousand euros, maybe. That's not too uh, bad. It's difficult because Czech crowns. Yeah, that you see, you look at the number and you're like, I don't understand. Yeah, I always I don't know how it relates. It's like, nice. I, I I like how cheap it is over there to get a beer and to you know get a meal and stuff. It's definitely a fantastic place to party. But uh, but yeah, they they'll accept euros everywhere accepts euros in uh, Prague anyway. But yeah, I guess if the pricing is written in that, it yeah, matter. yeah. So um, so that was cool. Yeah, I saw that. Um, didn't really see anything like exceptional guitar wise. I would say, but yeah, that was definitely something that stood out to me and also i can't remember the name of it see if i can google it but they had an amp from mad professor uh obviously you'll know mad professor from the um pedal brand Uh, but they also make amplifiers as well and they had basically as i've always described my kind of dream amp which is one control um i'll see if i can find it i don't even know if they even make it anymore they probably don't. They don't. It was so it must be discontinued, but it was basically a mad professor amp with one control. <laughs> basically just had a volume. Uh, and perfect. that was it. And I can't remember what it was called. I'm sure if I went to the, the Qatari re- website, I could probably find it. Mm. Um but yeah, they, they had some cool secondhand stuff. I think that's I guess for me and you, Joe, whenever we go to guitar stores and we go to a lot of guitar stores, you start to see the same thing because most the shine big really shops, rubs off, doesn't it? Yeah, well, most big shops all stock the same stuff. So unless exactly. they're really known for like, I guess like really high end custom shops or things like that, you tend to see the same models everywhere because yeah. they are the most common models. Yeah. So secondhand <clears throat> tends to be where you find a lot of the kind of uh, gems, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, absolutely. Unless you're really set on something, just the way that I guess online shopping is these days, uh, you know, unless you're really set on something, then you've you've seen everything you want to on the internet. I, I know you can go and play it in the shops. Still, so I, I understand that, but it's you know what really gets you excited is when you see something that you've never seen before, and that tends mm. to be something very custom, so very expensive, or you know, old, weird. I love guitar shops for just being you know really weird. You know, I was uh, a couple of weekends ago. Actually, whilst Nam was on, I went to Rye on a, a little weekend uh, okay. break with my partner Emma for her birthday, and we were walking around Rye, and there was this little guitar shop, and Emma was like, "Oh, do you want to do you want to go in?" You know, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know what? I I will. I'll go in. <laughs> we'll have a look." And uh, it had like a sign saying, "Like we're still open," sort of thing on on the front. And I was like, I went in, and there was you would immediately at the counter, and there was like. Right. Maybe maybe fifteen guitars in the whole place, and the place was full of cardboard boxes. He was like unpacking stuff, but it it was just you couldn't move around in there. So my choice was just to stand there, 
or to leave. And I didn't want to just turn around and leave after I've just walked in the door. So I, I like bought a set of strings and some plectrums, neither of which I needed <laughs> just because <laughs> I felt so bad. I didn't just want to turn around. And the guy oh. did not. He did not give a shit that I was in that shop. He, I tried to have a conversation. He had like a baritone um, Dan Electro Longhorn uh, next to the counter. And I was like, in Silverburst. And, and I sort of was like, you know, talking about that, how glad I am that Dan Electro brought it back. He, he didn't care. He did not want to have a conversation. With he me. was like, yeah. no, he's like, it's an original, mate. I didn't even know they discontinued how they're here so long. <laughs> I, you know, and I think this is always the thing that. Um, I think in the UK, like in America, certainly, and and certainly from times I've been in Japan, they do have a bit more of that like pawn shop culture. Yeah, and we just don't have that here. Ugh, I hate that we don't have it. You know, and I think that's yeah, it sucks. But basically, you just you just don't really find anything like that. Um, used to like back yeah, in our younger days, you know, before yeah, the, f- the kind of internet and that. But the first guitar shop I worked in was it was purely sort of weird secondhand stuff, you know, and it was full of just random things, mostly from the late seventies and eighties that you'd mm. never heard of, mm. you know, like solid um, state Marshall amps and stuff like that. You know, I did play a bit of uh, one guitar actually. Uh, but more work related. But we've got a person who works for us now um, who used to own um, and certainly uh, uh, and run uh, Vintage and Rare. Oh, <laughs> so nice. oh. um, he, we went and did something the other day, and I was like, "Oh, can you bring a guitar?" And he bought his '62 Strat. He was like, "Oh, it's, you know, my '62 Strat." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, just." just casually and uh he drove he drove to where we needed to go and it was just on the back seat no case oh just like leaning up he was like probably should get a case for it really and i was like well you know it's already got a fair few dings in it you know it's 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 quite cool though it's a 62 body with a 65 neck right re in black with matching headstock oh that's cool i can get behind that um with a what parchment guard yeah, with like a parchment guard. Yeah, very nice. It's wicked. Very, very Lovely. cool. Yeah. Um, so I did get to see that. So I have tried some good stuff. Um, and I think when we may be in the Patreon, I'll talk about some other cool guitars. Yes. Did try yes. one other cool guitar, but maybe we'll save that for later. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Well, dear listener, this is episode six in season five. And the title of this episode is Our Favourite Boutique Pedal Builders. Obviously, our list of favourite boutique pedal builders is you know it is as long as two arms so we're not possibly going to get through all of those and we don't just want to you know quick mention 80 brands on on this and so we're not even going to be particular we're going to miss out some of our favorites we're going to probably talk about two three you know brands each that we really like uh, at some point and just talk around some of those things in case you've missed them some of them will be more obvious and we'll just be talking about how much we love them and what great pedals they are but some of them might be new to you we'll we'll see but we will get to that um because before we do that i uh, i finally got round matt to uh to starting to list starting to photograph and list all my stuff it's happening the, uh, oh, the yeah. Have I've you done, done a little uh, spreadsheet? Have you worked out how much uh, how much money you uh, you're going to bank into something else? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's uh, yeah. There's uh, I, I'm just doing bit by bit. So there is there's around eighteen grand's worth of stuff that I'm listing. <laughs> oh. First of all. Oh. So. It's, is, uh, is that top end estimate or that, uh, low end estimate? Um, yeah, I think like it's it's something like including inevitable reverb offers. I think it's something like fifteen to twenty is the uh, is is what this the the range all be. going on crypto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Dogecoin I'm, I'm is coming up. I'm telling you. <laughs> But uh, I've started to put things together, started to get a few things together. Slow start today I'm because I've got to clean up, restring a lot of things. Some things need a little work because, of course, I've got so much stuff that just mm. sits idle for so long. Um, so I had uh, I, I listed my my fretless. My only current fretless is uh, going on sale at the moment. I'm getting, it's it's just a, like a an old 2012 Mexican standard jazz bass that I had defretted Aguilar 
60s passive pickups in it and a Babix bridge so it's you know you want a you want a really proper bridge when mm. you when it's a fretless so that you can really get the the minutia of uh you know of, of intonation going on and then you put vibrato all over it and then yeah, it. basically yeah. put it out of tune um yeah. so so how much are you are you putting this together for lot are you selling all this stuff for logical reasons joe or is this uh i need you need to buy something else no 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 this is all it's all going towards my house deposit um but i'm i'm obviously i'm selling a bunch of stuff and i'm going to keep a few really great things that's sort yeah. of the let's say i'm sure i'll gradually build back up but you know i'm at maximum i'm i'm selling six different jazz bases and that will still leave me with three or four jazz bases so it's <laughs> uh it's it's fine you know how many instruments do you actually have joe do you know i don't know it's over 30 so it's not not like massive by guitar right, okay. collectors standard. yeah 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 yeah, I've, I'm sure um, plenty of our listeners have, have far, far more than more than that, and, uh, and also a lot of my stuff isn't actually that nice. Like, I'm one of those people that um, I love a punt. I love taking like a 300 to 500 quid punt, and so I have lots of bang average guitars rather than you know people who save up and spend good money on getting something i think that's why the guitar market has expanded so much though because i think there's so many great guitars in the mid price point but i also think people are happy to take a take a punt on three to five hundred right yeah and sort of just go i haven't really invested in it and if i don't like it i'll just put it in the corner yeah, R- rather than like, oh, I spent two grand on this, so I need to play it. And I- I'm the same. Like, I I would struggle. I you know because I you know look at a lot of guitars as we all do, and through this podcast, and I just go, could I honestly really commit three grand to a guitar, four grand to no, a guitar? You, you own a Nick Huber and uh, oh, and I, a, I'm a saying. Man. Na- now could I commit? Oh, right. to it? But actually, I don't think I've ever spent. No, the most I ever spent on a guitar was my '58 Les Paul, the custom pink shop, one. the pink yeah. one. Um, and yeah, I'd say that I'd probably, maybe. I mean, obviously, I sold that and then bought the Huber, but hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just I struggle now, like in the position I'm in now, going, would I spend? three and a half grand on a guitar when there are other great guitars as we speak about a lot yeah for a lot less money yeah I'd much rather buy two 500 quid guitars and enjoy them for a bit and maybe mod them and mess around with them than spend four grand on a guitar that i'm sort of like mm, that's a lot to be happy with everything because you've spent so much money on it in one go. Yeah, I understand you know I mean? that. I think uh, I think the thing that always comes in when we're talking about like it's super high price guitars is I know when I bought my 1969 Precision Bass that I don't gig it. You know, I gigged it mm. once and it, it feels like I don't get the best out of it because of that. And I don't want to gig it because I don't trust it um because it's a vintage guitar and they're yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. you know they're not 100% but also I kind of feel like I probably wouldn't want to take that on tour like the situations we get into on tour you know the places that we park up our stuff i mean our van is very secure but um yeah you, you know there's all of those things and i just think also like i sometimes play drunk i sometimes throw my guitar at the end of a show i mean i normally throw my guitar at the end of a show i don't want to be doing that with something that's like two grand plus i'm yeah. happy doing that with you know like five to seven hundred pound instrument yeah 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 and i just think you can get just as much i don't think you get any extra joy out of spending that much money on a guitar necessarily huh. i don't know um but then again, I haven't actually bought a new guitar. For, you bought my last guitar, Joe, and that was oh, second yeah, hand. So I haven't actually bought really another guitar yeah. for quite some time. And I was unboxing everything here. And I, I was like, I've probably got most of my guitars aren't worth that much money. No, because you know? you've got your Baja Telecaster, which has been super modded a billion yeah. times. Have you still got the SG? Yeah, also I mean, modded. that had a Bigsby on it for a while. You've changed the pickups in that a couple of times. That was one of the faded, which are still... I think some of the best value Gibson guitars you can get that that old faded series they age so lovely and, mm. and uh, lovelily and and so quickly as well so you can get some really cool ones and and 
great modding platforms by Gibson, like super playable. And unfortunately for you, Matt, really haven't held their value at all. No, I think, um, and this is the thing, it's like expensive stuff is just even more expensive now. You know, top-end Gibsons are just, you know, they, well, I mean, we've talked about it before, but custom shops used to kind of top out at like three seven, and that's where yeah. they start. Yeah, that's where they start. <coughs> I absolutely Actually, wouldn't buy a custom shop now. The price of a custom shop now has gone further than what I think a, fend- a custom shop is worth. Um, um, I just wouldn't be willing to part with. It's part of the reason why, because I've got uh, you know at my uh, my fortieth birthday later in the year. It's why I went to Rigby Music um, in Manchester, who do a like a Fender style custom builds for great prices like uh you know my the the one i've ordered is well under two grand and um and you know i've I've had essentially access to the full range of custom options that you get from the fender custom shop just without without fender on the headstock yeah yeah i know oh i mean we talk about trent we talk about things like that i just think amazing for the money um just quickly though, Gibson mm-hmm. SG Special Faded 2008 Warm Brown, exactly the same as mine, 750 quid. Really? On Reverb, oh, which I thought was basically they'd be about what they were, quid. which is, I think, is more money than they were new. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, but a great guitar, absolutely awesome guitar. But yeah, I'm I'm also on on the selling um, the selling sort of tip at the moment i've got loads of stuff that i've just gone i just don't need it i don't use it i've got bills to pay you know i had to keep my cat alive so why why (laughs) why why have you got why have you got bills to pay bills to pay i've got always loads of uh joe terrible i should have looked at you when you said that and then i would have (laughs) but uh that's where I would have been great if I could have taken a wig off, but no, this is a full, <laughs> full head of hair. For now, um, but yeah, I've I've just got to get round to it. I've just got to get round to it. But reverb does make it easy. It does. It does indeed. Yes. Um, so there we go. Yeah, we'll see. I've got so much. Two helixes. I don't know why I've got two <laughs> helixes. <laughs> It's because I lent one to a friend and couldn't get it back, and I really wanted one, so I just bought another one. And then they were like, oh, you can have it back now. Yeah, literally within like a week of when I bought the other one. It's very annoying. That's so funny. But well, it doesn't matter. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Stringjoy Guitar Strings, the world's first true guitar string custom shop. The thing that I love most about Stringjoy is just their attention to detail, their dedication to making their strings the best in the world. And that's a a labour-intensive task that they don't shy away from. Stringjoy are also innovative. They're always looking for new ways to make strings better. As guitar players, we've become so used to all the shortfalls of commercially available strings that we stopped even looking for them to be better, last longer, intonate well, easily. Stringjoy bring all of that to every pack of strings they make, and they're available almost as readily as any other generically made guitar string. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. Anyway, yeah. let's um, let's uh, move on. I want to do this week's sound sample. Um, I. Uh, a pedal that I bought a few weeks ago and haven't really got around to talking about that much and demoing on the podcast is the Thorpey FX Camo Flange. It's uh, this this wonderful pedal, uh, dear listener. The gorgeous, lovely, lovely Thorpey. Oh, sorry. That's uh, if you if you're watching, I just held it up, uh, dear listener. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, wicked. So the Camo Flange is Thorpey FX flanger but as with all thorpey effects modulation it's it's just so much more it's it's really unique for a flanger because you're given like a harmonics and a manual control so that's kind of uh the manual is like the peak i guess of the of the lfo and then the harmonic i have no idea what these controls do but it kind <laughs> of shifts it shifts basically the tonality and the abruptness of the phasing of the um of the flanger and then you have depth um and rate obviously pretty standard a blend control which is super handy especially if you're using this with bass as i as i do a lot being able to make it more subtle but keeping you know maybe a 
a more aggressive sweep. That's really useful. And then a treble control as well, which is kind of nice when you're using it on guitar for making it really the cure-like. Um, uh, uh, that's really Joy Division-y uh, sort of thing. You can make it really toppy and lovely. Um and also having like a wet dry out on it is very, very useful. Not something that I ever used because I'm never running anything, any wet dry or stereo mixes or anything like that. So, um, so it was fine. Absolutely. As it is. It's, um, it's very much based off a electric mistress. That's kind of like its starting point. Um, you know, it's one of, um, you know, Dan Steinhardt from the, the gig rig pedal shows that always, you know, raves about it. Um, and I know from very early on, and they've, they've done videos on it, that that's what it was kind of really based on. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, basically the delay, just so you know, the manual is like the delay time. So right. a lot of the time when you had a manual control on the old deluxe electric mistress, you could like freeze the fat flanger and then it would like manually set the delay time. Cause effectively a flanger is like a delay. It's originally two tapes, and you know you're just slowing one of them down, and that's where you get that flange control. Uh, the harmonics is like the one of the newer controls compared to some of the other things that it's based on. Um, and I think that's more around the kind of feedback, right? So um, again, sort of delay and feedback are things that you get on a delay pedal, but that is forms the same basis of what also makes a flanger or a chorus, for example. Um, so you can actually get it to like self-oscillate and do some sort of crazy, crazy stuff. But it basically goes from even harmonics or odd harmonics, and that sort of creates different sort of complexities within the actual pedal itself. And then treble obviously allows you to kind of do the upper mid-range and treble emphasis. Um, but I like the fact that you do have stereo on there, so you can run it wet-dry which I think yeah, is yeah. is quite cool. Great for um, great for guitar and great for getting like a broader wider sound. Mm, but I found just absolutely. between the the manual and the harmonic control there there and and I guess including the rate control in this um it was capable of doing sort of what I would think of as relatively traditional flanger sounds but you could also get great chorus style sounds. I know if if you want to watch a detailed review of this dear listener um then jackson brooksby has done a, a fantastic video on the camouflage it was in fact his video that i watched that made me buy this pedal um so yeah go go watch that it's great and he he's talking about how the camouflage a flanger is actually the best chorus pedal he's ever heard you know and it, it does some great chorus sounds well, I, I mean that's um you know that's always the common misconception for um andy Summers from the police, yeah. you know, and and walking on the moon and chorus pedal at slightest. It was or the flanger. cure, or the cure. The cure are like chorus, the band, and it's most of the time it's a flanger. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. So, um, yeah, it's because again that they're very, very similar. They yeah. are very, very similar. There's there are differences, of course, but they are very similar in how that effect is actually created. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can that's the nice thing actually I found that a chorus always tends to sound like a chorus, but you can get a flanger to sound like both. Yes, exactly. And I actually found at the extreme ends of this, you could get some real sort of like rotary and like vibrato style sounds as well. Mm. Um, you know, maybe not with the versatility that you get from a dedicated pedal for that sort of thing, but really very, very good. In fact, in the sound sample that we use, I got some more rotary style vibrato sounds for like one of the lead lines. Mm. Um but uh, but yeah, really, really great pedal. I'll play a little sound sample. Now, there's something like, a, I think there's two lead guitars doing something slightly different. A guitar doing picked chords. Two lead guitars have a more vibrato sound. The picked chords is a more traditional flanger. And then there's a bass as well, which has a very light amount of the uh, sort of um, blend of the pedal which just thickens it, makes it all a bit wider, a bit more, um, a little bit more substantial. Um, now, I, I, I spoke about this last week on the podcast, and I have realized that, Matt, when you and I listen to this, uh, um, the call sums it to mono, so you won't get to hear all the lovely stereos oh. of this, unfortunately. But you, dear listener, um, do get the advantage of a stereo uh, version of this track. So um, here it is. 
There you go, dear listener well, and Matt. The uh, like VFX camouflage. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's such a versatile tool. I kind of think of it like an all-in-one modulation box. You know, mm. something if you were in the studio, you just had this to provide all your modulation, it will kind of do a bit of everything. And just yeah. with some real salt tweaking, you can get just just such a such a broad range of tones from it. I I, I think it's a really fantastic pedal. Mm. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. And again, just another sort of home run uh, from Thorpey. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, a pedal that he's he made a while ago that's been out for a, a fair bit. It's been, it's, it's been out it's, for uh, four or five years now, I'd say at least. Just really passed me by, I guess, when it came out. Uh, maybe there's just I just too much there. stuff coming out, Joe. That's the problem. Yeah. There's just yeah. too many great things out there. In the big wide world, so yes, yeah, exactly. Well, we we'll see. We might talk a little bit about Thorpe again later. I don't know. Is he is he in our, in our list? Oh, yes, uh, it's sort of related. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we come back to that. Now, before we do move on to talk about our favourite boutique pedal builders, um, Matt, uh, you've had some hands on time with uh, Rabia's signature model. Is that I right? have? Yes. So um, alongside trying some some cool stuff in stores, um, I did get to spend some time with our wonderful friend um, Rabia. I don't know if you've actually had a go on this as well, um, Joe. But yeah, I had a bit of uh, hands on time with uh, Rabia's new signature. Um, I think it's it is basically a saber uh, model yeah. that is modified to his sort of taste yeah so he's, um, he told me he's got like a big baseball bat neck on there yeah it's because like he, he thought all music neck. men have really thin skinny necks yeah it's um it's a massive neck it's also he actually gave me and i played both the prototype and the modern one oh cool. uh the the kind of production one and yeah. the production one's got a wider neck on it and it's just it's just awesome i mean right. it, just in terms of looks in terms of finish in terms of play i mean i knew it's going to be a great playing guitar and you know we were sort of talking about music man i said look they are in my opinion i think they are the best guitars i think they're the really? best made i think they've got the most attention to detail i think they god i wish they made a bass that i liked <laughs> the joe dart one you know i hate that man. single pick it's just you know awesome um so yeah got a lot of time to play that and it's really interesting because he was also also talking about the carve uh, on like the neck heel. Oh yeah! Uh, again, between the prototype and the one that, that that came out, I'm just shaving a bit off to make like a difference. Uh, the fact that it's got his bare knuckles in it, um, which obviously he's had a long time developing with bare knuckle. Um, uh, that that alone must push the price of the guitar up a lot. Putting yeah, it's, proper bare knuckles in it. It isn't available for sale anywhere yet um mm. but i guess they haven't been made yet so i think there's probably orders but not actually listed on any sort of dealer website yet right. um but yeah two colors i think we talked about before um they both look amazing the frenzied flame is direct only that's the maple board um oh, yeah. i did play both i actually preferred the um oh, is it board. on their website it is on their website under New Nam twenty twenty four. I think we talked about it when we talked about Nam. Um, we did talk about it. I just few, didn't look it few up weeks ago. At the time. Um, but yeah, it just Rabia obviously knows guitars. He's a great player. Um, he played me a bunch of his sort of new band stuff as well, which was recorded a lot on these. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Isotope and Native Instruments, two companies who provide the bulk of the recording and editing tools used by Guitar Nerds. If you have a home studio or if you're thinking about getting into demo recording from home, then Isotope and Native Instruments provide the tools that you need to make premium quality recordings with ease and with virtually no equipment other than your guitar and laptop. Isotope make all the voice editing and audio repair tools that I use for the podcast each week and Native Instruments Guitar Rig 7 is one of the best, most comprehensive collections of virtual effects and guitar amplifiers available anywhere. Use discount code NERDS10 on any product in the Isotope and Native Instruments catalogue for 10% off their fantastic range of tools. And he just knows how to dial in a guitar. 
But he's sort of done it in a way that's great for his taste, but also not so unique that no one else would actually enjoy it. Yeah. It's not a guitar just for him. It's just a great playing guitar. And it's suited to not only like heavy stuff, but also really clean stuff. I mean, if I was buying another Music Man, um, if I could justify the the money for one of these, then um, I absolutely would. For me, best guitar I've played in a long time hands wow. down and obviously i love music man but absolutely amazing so fingers crossed there's a sterling version of this at some point and it's not <laughs> loads of money and it's basically as good as this ah oh. well it took me ages to find this link on their website it was right at the top i realize that now i've uh. only just seen them um yeah the uh, the maple board looks fantastic what a what a great guitar and i mm. see what you mean about the contours both uh, both on the lower bout and on uh, the the arm contour as well, um, yeah, yeah. I t- gear cool. of the year. I just think it's great. I just think it's a great guitar, right. so well designed, and it just played amazing. You'd expect that from Music Man anyway, but I think the small details that Rabir has done, like I said, the kind of the neck, the profile of the neck, the way it's uh, contoured on both the body and the heel, um, and then putting his pickups in and stuff. I just think it's it's great. And the fact that you can do split coil, the fact that you can, I can't remember exactly, but I think you can split it, but it's a five-way switch and the switch, the split doesn't work in certain positions. Right. So you can switch between humbucker and single coil basically via the switch as well as the push-push. Um, so it's really versatile in the way it's set up for playing live as well. Oh, um, cool. So yeah, just all those like small touches has just made it amazing, really. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, obviously with a lot of signatures over the years, they do like ball family reserve and they do like crazy tops and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see if uh Amazing anything- that Rabia is going to be a part of that sort of, you know, legacy. I know, moving I know. It's, 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 it's amazing. I, I said to him, I was like, I think you pick the best company. Just awesome, in my opinion. They're just the best guitars. 100% yeah. they're just the best guitars. So uh, look forward to... Um, yeah, I look forward to sort of seeing more of them. And again, hopefully at one point there'll be there'll be like a Sabre, um, there'll be a Sterling version as well. Um, I think he sort of talked about it and maybe hinted about it at NAMM. Um, so yeah, it'd be cool to, cool to see if that ever happens. Yeah, wicked. We will wait and see. It is exciting. Um, yeah. That's we'll exciting see. for Rabia. Good yes. for him. I'm very <laughs> jealous, but uh, it's a great guitar. And uh, yeah, if you're thinking about a new guitar, not only if you like Rabia, but if you want your first music man, then I would highly recommend one of these. That's they are awesome. Yeah, very cool indeed. Now let's move on to our main subject, our favorite boutique pedal builders. We're just gonna kind of discuss a few brands that have really stood out to us in this. You know, you know what inspired this? I was on I was on Joe's <clears throat> Pedals. Um, ah, do you ever Joe. shop on Joe's Pedals? I do. I know. I spoke to Joe a few times. Really yeah. nice guy. Great pedals. Gets a lot of cool stuff in second hand. Yeah, he gets great stuff in second hand. It's um, it's it's a a, a, a British um, pedal uh, retailer, dear listener. So if you're outside, sorry, but uh, do check it out. Joe'sPedals.com. Um, it, there's so much stuff on there. But what I love is I can just flick through and I'll see twenty brands that I have never ever heard of. Um, <laughs> Most of them with the most appalling websites, you know, when you actually track that brand down, uh, you know, he's just great for getting in super niche things like real like one man pedal builders who, you know, who are great at building pedals and terrible at using the internet. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always interesting to find cool new stuff there. And uh, it got me kind of thinking about some of the, some of the brands well the the thing that i discovered actually from there so i'll start with the one that's totally new because the other brands i want to talk about you know we we have a relationship with friends with them um and i love their gear because of that but the one that was new for me was um a company called blue colander uh from poland um that i found is in um colander is in the thing you drain your pasta with yeah that's right yeah yeah okay yeah, so um, so I was I was basically I, I got a space on my pedal board at the moment. There's a gap. That's what we all do. Yeah, exactly. So there's one thing, and I was like, I don't especially need anything there, but I was like, what could I use? 
And I was thinking, I was like, oh, maybe I'll get like a, a, you know, a bass voice Big Muff. And the problem is that actually when it comes down to it, a bass voice Big Muff isn't different enough from overdrive. Like a bass is an ensemble instrument. So if I'm driven, I'm probably backing something up. It's not your main thing. So there's not enough of a difference between those two in the context of my band. Um, So I was like, oh, what, you know, what is it that I don't like? What frequencies would I like to be there for something crazy? And I was like, well, it's a rat. You know, it's that it's a rat style sound, but for bass, obviously you're gonna to want to either run that rat with some form of blend pedal separate, and I only have one space, not two, so I can't do that. So I was like, well, I need a rat maybe that's voiced for bass. <clears throat> and I think I literally just typed that in to Google to see what came up. And one of the first things that came up was just a, a video um on the the Weta Bass, which is a YouTube channel. Um and uh the fellow on the Weta Bass was playing one of these blue colander Tremond distortion and overdrive pedals, which got me checking out the Tremond, which I found in the UK on Joe's pedals after that. And it's kind of this cool it comes in a couple of finishes actually. They do it in this in this uh um this gorgeous sort of metal flake, like hammerite brown, but they do it in the proper rat style, you know, simple uh, sort of gray black finish with bold white writing on it. And it has it, controls wise, you've got a tone, you've got a master volume, you've got distortion, but then you have a clipping mode, which you can turn off, have asymmetric or symmetrical. You have a boost for a low pass frequencies and you have a blend as well so it's in it's brilliant for bass it's not marketed solely as a bass pedal it's actually great you know it's just supposed to be a rat that can offer you bigger broader sounds and you can also dial in a bunch of low end as well uh via the lpf boost um it's just a, a really, really cool pedal and is very affordable, like uh, 179 euros direct off of their website, which really isn't too bad. It sounded absolutely fantastic. All the stuff that you want from a rat style distortion, but more thicker, fuller, and the amount of different tonal demonstrations on the Weta Bass channel. It was just, there was so many options for it. I really loved it. And that got me checking out Blue Colander. They have a, they're, on their website which is a big cartel shop essentially and they have a massive range of pedals a surprisingly substantial range for a company you know no offense to them if they're uh if they're listening to this they might be listening i'm like i don't think i've ever heard of this brand before no Um, but they do a range of stuff in like obviously there's a lot of fuzzes a lot of distortions yeah Um, but they've got some stuff in the real old school boxes um you know like the old tone bender boxes as well which is uh which is quite cool yeah, they do some proper sort of tone bender style pedals, which, you know, they, they, they are a chunk. They do like a Mark I Supreme tone bender for 390 euros. It looks very good indeed in that proper lovely old angled chassis. Um, Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. They, it's, it's 
a, a real broad range of stuff. They've got the the uh, Sun Model T style preamp um, in the uh, Quaalude, which is uh, <laughs> which is great. Um, and yeah, loads of like uh, like good Muff clones, you know, Black Russian style clones as well. It's it's very sort of fuzz oriented, but. Um, they all look absolutely fantastic. Love the look of their fuzz sustainer as well. Yeah, yeah. I think um, certainly if you're after, they've, you know, they've got a lot of tone bender sort of. I don't know if I want to use the word copies, but tone benders, zonk machines, those kind of things in those old enclosures, kind of built in a very similar way to the fact that everything's built on a very small um, sort of turret board, and it's point to point you know and there's yeah. just not a lot of components in there so certainly if you want to go old school um and of course they just vary so much because of the the different components so definitely if you're a fuzz collector this is a a brand that probably should check out because i'm sure a lot of people probably haven't i was just going to have a look and see yeah basically joe's pedals is the only dealer in the uk they've got a dealer in australia portugal singapore switzerland and the uk right well and that's it for now yeah well it all looks absolutely fantastic i think i'm definitely going to get something like i the tremond is the most sensible one for me to pick up but some of the other stuff just certainly more fun. certainly for base yeah yeah for base exactly. probably makes, that's the, the problem fuzz is always sense. is going to have some issues for they've base got a, um, voiced. they've got a cool instagram as well where they've got some cool stuff um like shots of the circuit boards and stuff and they use some what looks like some very high quality, um, awesome looking components as well. So, uh, oh, thanks for introducing it, Joe. There you go. There you go. What an incredibly cool brand. Um, okay, but that's my first one, Blue Colander. There you go. Nice to introduce something new to you, Matt. And and surprising, you know, I expect you to know everything. Oh, you know, uh, I wish. I wish. Just, uh, just the world moves too quickly now to try and keep <laughs> up with everything. But I also think... It leaves some things behind, and that's why I'm going to talk about this brand, which okay. you know they put on their website as the original boutique pedal brand, and I would tend to agree. Uh, I think this is one of the first brands that I got introduced to um, outside of your sort of Boss Pedals, etc., and that's Zvex. And I just... Wow. Do you know... I love Zvex pedals, and I have ever since I've sort of first got introduced to one. You know, I'm thinking, I think John Fashanta had a Fuzz Factory on his pedal board at one point. Yeah, obviously, like Matt Belly, Matt Bellamy from Muse. Loads of people were talking about the Fuzz Factory. That was the kind of game changer. That was the gateway for so many people. Yeah, not only to try boutique pedals, but also try something very different and i think it opened the door for many other people to make pedals and go outside of the box or outside of the norms and there was a great mini documentary from chase bliss about the fuzz factory right. uh, with zachary vex when they did the bliss factory and he was saying that he was basically, he, I think he made like a fuzz face clone and then he was up really late and someone was like no it needs to be different and he like just wired in those two extra controls and that's where it could kind of like oscillate and do all the kind of crazy pitch stuff and the velcro stuff and he took that into the store and they were like oh this is great um we'll put it on sale and if i remember right i think it was someone like played for some band i'm sure he played for like shania twain or something it wasn't that i can't remember but it was like he was a guitar player (laughs) for another artist um who you wouldn't really think and then was just like oh this is awesome then like ordered another one and then all of a sudden it like i think he did an interview and he was like oh i love this pedal and then basically everyone went crazy for it and then that sort of spurred on the rest of the brand and the reason i'm talking about it is because i don't think we talk about zvex enough because i don't think they've actually launched a new pedal (laughs) for a very long time um you know, obviously Fuzz Factory was always really popular. And then quite a few years ago, they bought in their Vector series. So they were mass produced in another country and then assembled in America rather than being hand-wired in America. They did variations of the Fuzz Factory. They had yeah. the small pedals like the Fuzzalo. But I don't think they've done anything new for quite some time. And you see less of them about, but they are still a brand that exists and make great pedals. And I've owned 
lots of them. And I always just remember they were the, the brand that was there early on before your JHS, before your Earthquaker. Yeah. That had like videos in 360p and you'd like watch <laughs> yeah. a video of the Johnny Octave and you'd be like, oh my God, this thing's amazing. Or I, I didn't even you know, really, I've not given them solid time to actually think about them until you've mentioned this. But I remember being in, in GAC when we used to get like the woolly mammoths in, which was, you know, obviously quite yeah. good for bass. And we had the, the, the fat fuzz factory as well, which was great. And I remember those coming in and us being like, oh my God, like look at the, graphics on them these, these I know. cool like i know, so, I know. The, 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 and it was nothing there was nothing like that these looked like they were made in a shed and there was just no brands hadn't done that yet that like booty mm. pedals didn't exist this hadn't happened it wasn't that long ago and this hadn't happened and how excited we were were whenever a zvex pedal came in and also how expensive we thought they were even though they've always been sub 200 quid but i guess yeah you know i think um yeah, I you know they've they've got some great stuff, and I, I would say a couple that I've owned I think are really worth owning, and I would definitely buy again. Uh, the first one is the Super Duper Two in One, so that's two of their super hard on circuits. Isn't in that just one. a boost? The hard on. It is. So, but the Super Duper Two in One they cascade into one another. And uh-huh. one's got a master volume. So the second one has got a master volume. So you can control the overall output of the pedal. And then one goes into two. So you're sort of, it's a big clean boost going into another boost, which you can also then drive really hard, but you can keep the volume down, but you can turn them on and off independently. Oh, that's just very cool. cool. Um, and then the other one, which I've also owned and I regret selling, this is, this was a wicked pedal, but it's the J Mascus signature. It's the double rock. And that was basically two box, box of, of rocks rock. pedals, which is a kind of like a Marshall in a box type thing. Um, but the good thing is, is that on each one, you can turn them on and off individually, but you can also have three levels of subs control, which adds an extra bottom end. And you can switch between distortion or boost. So it's kind of got the, the hard-on circuit in there as well. Uh-huh. So you can run it like a super-duper two-in-one. You can run it like a boost into a drive. You can run a drive into a boost. So you can set it up in lots of different ways. They do a vector version of it now, or have done for some time, which is about 250 bucks. Um, yeah, but they've, you- they've, sort of, they've discontinued a couple of the real old-school ones mm-hmm. like the... Seek Trem, they make a super Seek Trem now, but yeah, you know, back in the early days when they were doing things like that, um, I think they st- they still make the Lo-Fi Loop Junkie, which I could ne- I always wanted, but could never justify the cost. But it's basically a super low fidelity twenty second looper that can only have one loop. You can't overdub or anything. Right. <laughs> um, but it basically just made everything sound super cool and Lo-Fi, and I was just like, oh, it's just wicked. But yeah, brand. We haven't really seen much no, from no. for quite some time, but did you ever? Do you ever play the Fuzz Probe much? No, no. I I think did I own? I didn't own one at one point. How did the Fuzz Probe work? <coughs> um, magic. No, it was it basically. So there was two. There was the Trem Probe, which was a volume pedal, basically. Wah Probe and Fuzz Probe, and it had a metal conductive plate. It worked in the same way, I guess, like a theremin worked um and on the wire probe it controlled filter on the um i can't remember what it controlled i think it might have controlled stability on the fuzz probe oh, but really? it was what, no so it, like it was butter yeah so it was no different if you actually look at one the top part is actually just the pedal right and then there's just an extension plate on the bottom so it's I the see. same circuit it's just one controller is controlled by like a conductive Right, right. Plate, basically. Um, but the Fuzz Factory is great. I love the Bliss Factory. It's the Chase Bliss one. Totally random, totally uncontrollable in some ways, but also just one of the best Fuzz sounds ever, um, in my opinion. And a brand that, yeah, you don't see enough anymore. They don't do much. Maybe they're sort of semi-retired. I don't know. They're obviously still selling in places. Um but yeah, branched out into a few things, but you just don't talk about them enough. Yeah. Hmm. In my opinion. No. Okay. Well, uh, my go, my go, I want to talk about um, a, another little uh, UK uh, builder, Goliath Effects. 
Um, Goliath effects, I guess we've spoken about before on the podcasts, friends of the podcast, looking forward to seeing them at, uh, Birmingham this year. I know, um, Matt, obviously you're going JD and I, uh, are going up as well. I know JD wants to get one of the DO fives, which are their sort of, uh, DOD, um, uh, preamp style, uh, his, his version okay. of that, but it's, uh, like a, a broader frequency uh range so ideal for bass um at the moment i've got one of the desolation distortion pedals which is two unique one's a drive one's a fuzz and you can they've got two individual foot switches but you can run them in parallel or stack them um which is great for creating sort of really crazy um weird drive sounds but also just being able to control those a little bit more um but then um one of the very cool things he does a Mark II silicon tone bender in kind of like a weird uh, correction. Chassis. It's the tome bender. Tome, it is. Yes, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is the the tome bender. Um, but uh, he always does limited edition finishes, which is really cool. When you click on any of the pedal options on his website, you get like a a bunch of options that you can select from different ways that things are painted. Um, I know with the uh, uh, with the with the DOD style preamp, you can get like this pink swell finish, which I think sold out really quickly. Or you can get like a blackout version of that pedal with like pink spatter, like a really bold like pop lipstick pink paint spatter across it. It's it's very cool. He always has super cool finishes. He does custom shop stuff where he wraps them in, in like comic book pages and then uh, lacquers over that. So they they're just so such wonderful one off pedals. He loves this. Uh, crackled finish sort of thing which i could take or leave to be honest i prefer the other stuff it's a bit metal for me that crackled finish but nonetheless they are super cool and uh i know that they were on um uh the pedal was demoed on uh on that pedal show as well the the tone bender which was pretty cool yeah it's again a brand that we've not really talked about um why I'm looking forward to going to the guitar show and actually seeing what else is out there and trying a few different things and understanding what people like and what people are asking for. Because, you know, I think the thing about fuzz is inherently it's a very, very simple circuit. So it allows you to put your own spin on it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I kind of really liked. And talking to these people about, you know, if they've done a tone bend, what have they done to you to make it their version or what, what have they changed or what transistors? Because... You know, if you've got a pedal that's eight components, every component is so vital to the final sound, and yeah, each component course. can vary so much as well. Um, so it's really nice when, <clears throat> you know, some people look at it and go, oh, well, there's a million tone benders, so why bother? And it's like, well, they all sound different, and, and every builder will make their own thing to it. So, you know, I think it's a – and, of course – if you're going to start a pedal company and build stuff, you're going to start with what's easy and what you can maybe make more of. And, yeah. you know, you're going to be learning and basing things off what's out there and available. You're not going to start by going, I'm going to replicate an analog delay because it's it's going to be super hard for you to do. It's going to be really hard for you to mass produce. It's going to be really hard for you to do something different. <clears throat> Whereas fuzz, small tweaks make a make a big change. So I think it's quite it's quite cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool indeed. Okay, one more from you, Matt, before we wrap up this week's episode. <clears throat> I, I'm going to go with because I've I've put I put quite a few on here, Joe. But I'm going to go with one old school one. Uh -huh. I think I'm going to go with Death by Audio, and the reason I'm going to pick oh, Death by Audio is because great, I've yeah. got uh, and I dug this out as I've been slowly unboxing stuff in the in the studio, which for people who are watching on. The interwebs will look, my room looks like it's got nothing in it, but there is some stuff. It's just on the floor. Um, when I went to my very first NAM and I met um, I met the people, uh, Oliver and, and the team at Death by Audio, they gave me, because uh, I was with Yoshi and some of the, the Japanese team, they gave me a limited edition silver fuzz war with like oh. custom circuitry in it. And, I, <laughs> and I've sort of kept it in the box for ages, but... Every time I plug it in, it's such a good pedal. Such a crazy pedal. There's so much, like, so much sustain. It's such a... I, th I think um, 
yeah, it's just it's just it kind of feels like un, unlike any other fuzz pedal. But for me, there's one thing if you're if you want to watch a very cool documentary about gear and a brand the earthquaker documentary they do a thing called show us your junk which is like going into different studios or pedal builders and they did death by audio and oliver and the team she's got this like crazy mad scientist thing about building gear and he's in like this crazy like punk noise band yeah type thing and it's just like he just makes stuff that sounds like utter destruction and i think they you know they talk about it and he's like i'll have this crazy idea and i'll make this crazy sound and i need other people to like rein it in and of course that people have talked about the rooms you know that's obviously that sort of real high-end reverb pedal i got one you know have you yeah oh yeah we did talk about it didn't we we did talk about it before um i think one of their other new ones was like the space bender which was that sort of crazy chorus modulator that was great very cool space bender but again for me one of the very early boutique brands i got into because of um andy pro guitar shop andy um obviously now of his own channel andy demos very early on demoing things like the interstellar overdriver um or um they did the robot but i remember the supersonic fuzz gun was one pedal i never pulled the trigger on but it's basically their kind of thing similar to a fuzz factory that does all these crazy sounds i think the edge used one at one point oh really wow um but i remember going into denmark street when i was a kid and vintage and rare which is now no tom had an apocalypse and that is a basically it's like five different fuzz waveforms with then a sweepable frequency eq oh wow um, <laughs> and I remember that, but at the time, it, yeah, it was two hundred and seventy quid, and I was like, "That is a lot of money for a pedal at that point." Mm. Um, but very, very cool. And again, they've been around for a really long time. For me, they've been around longer than, and certainly in my eye line, longer than JHS, longer than Earthquaker. You know, they've they've been there for a very, very long time. Yeah. Well, they make super cool, super crazy pedals. They're always simple controls, huge knobs, often rocker switches. They look like they've been stencil painted in a shed. Um, yeah, there's they're such a such a unique look and idea to Death by Audio and just a brand that really yeah. kind of stood the test of time, I guess, for a brand that makes such weird things to keep producing stuff. And, and they're, you know, they're not cheap. They're expensive for yeah. what they're making. There are lots of brands making, you know, crazy fuzz pedals for less money. Um, it just is testament to the quality that they uh, that they're putting out. Yeah, yeah. So um, two thousand two, they've been oh. going since. There you go. Um, so there you go. Based in New York, but definitely, if you have heard of them, go back and check some of the earlier stuff. Check out the pedals that you probably haven't heard someone talk about in the last few years. Uh, things like the supersonic fuzz gun. Um, and I think you'll find some nice surprises. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Now that pretty much brings us up to the end of this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. Um, Matt and I are going to head over onto Patreon. We're going to be talking about some of the news articles that have happened this week. I really want to talk about the new warm audio stuff. So we'll be doing that there. Um, before we go, I just want to thank our um, our top tier, our $10 tier Patreon supporters um, for making all of this possible. Don't forget, dear listener, if you want to listen to us over on patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, you can do. You can go over there, sign up. Just a dollar a month to get it ad free, $5 to get access to the Patreon specials. Anyway, without further ado, thank you very much to Nicholas Strom, to Rocket Rob Patterson, Phil Sadler, Marcus Deluxe, Suresh, Dorsonic Pickups, Rob Witherden, Anton Fryant, Barry Gresbick, Steve Davis, John Conaway, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Dan Pilver, Brian Einsler, Dylan Griffiths, Mark Kizau Kadawaki, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Chris Franklin, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dorr, Jake Gray, 
Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Loseth, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and of course, Moog Gravit. There you go. There you go. Whoop, whoop. But yes, Matt and I are going to head over onto Patreon. Do join us there, dear listener, and we'll be back again next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Bye-bye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.